The ability to see is the gateway to safety, education, prosperity, and self-sufficiency. Yet in our world, there's 2.5 billion people who lack access to an optometrist. Global Vision 2020 was founded to help end the epidemic of poor vision in the developing world with an innovative and unique system that enables the delivery of corrective eyeglasses in minutes for a few dollars per person. Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ministry ideas and innovative approaches. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7 USA. My guest today is Greg Weens, and he's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Greg is pastor of Westwood Community Church, a mission mobilizer, and the faith-based coordinator for Global Vision 2020. So, Greg, it's great to have you here on the podcast to explain this amazing tool that uh, you guys are using to help solve one of the epidemics in the world today. So welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you so very much. It's great to have you. And um, 2.5 billion people, let's start with that figure and help us unpack that. Uh, 2.5 billion, uh, where are those people at? Uh, Where's the greatest need? Okay, so first of all, that's 2.5 billion people who have no access. The number is actually bigger, what's the actual need. But let me talk about the ones with no access. This means they have no access to optometrists. That largest population is in Africa. For example, Ethiopia, over 100 million people, and they have 82 optometrists. So, you know, statistically, that's more than 1 million people per optometrist. That means statistically, they will not see an optometrist. Congo is pretty much exactly the same statistically. Uganda, 46 million people, six optometrists. Uh, so that's the single biggest population, Africa. You see this number all across, a very similar, but that also includes uh, large areas of South Asia, like Bangladesh, Myanmar, Cambodia. They all fall in that same category of about one optometrist for one million people. Uh, and then you have large areas in rural India that are the same. Uh, and it's also goes over to non-oil rich countries in the Middle East, countries that have gone through civil war. They're in the same positions, often over 500,000 people per optometrist. It includes Caribbean nations like Haiti, in South America, like Venezuela, the numbers are even greater when you take into consideration what you'd call optometry deserts. So an optometry desert would be like the Amazon in, the, in Brazil. So Brazil is a very established growing powerhouse in the world, but there's huge areas where there's zero access to optometrists because you're in the middle of the desert, you're in the middle of a jungle, or if you're in a country that's got um, large deserts, those areas are often what would be called an optometry desert. Right. And we even have some of those here in our own back door in North America. In Canada, in northern communities, there are no optometrists working in all of Northwest Territories. They right. only fly in for short periods of time. So we've got areas where there is limited to no access. So if we actually take that in with those numbers, it's closer to three and a half billion people. So I was reading in the U.S., there's one optometrist for every 8,000 people, but many places in the world, it's one optometrist to a million people. That is correct. So that, that one to a million is the 2.5 billion people. You can add another billion people who would fall into almost into that category as well. 
So I was reading that uh, 90% of vision loss can be prevented or treated with existing highly cost-effective intervention. So it seems like the problem here is accessibility, not so much the blindness. They just don't have access to resources. You're absolutely right. And there's a couple of structures that go against it. Um, One, uh, they're not bringing in new innovative technology like what we're doing. And two, um, there's a protectionism within the industry of wanting to give the false illusion of what something really costs so that ends up keeping almost three and a half billion people out of the market. So here's what I mean. A pair of prescription eyeglasses, single vision, you go and buy those at an optometrist in Canada, the United States, you're looking at the bottom end, $150. That would be considered a deal. What's the real cost of these glasses? Less than $4. So accessibility is a big part of it. In part, it's because of protectionism. In part, because we are not using the tools that are now available to be used by local health authorities. So how did this uh, idea of Global Vision 2020, where did that idea come from to end this epidemic? Well, actually, our executive director, Kevin White, uh, he's the founder and the patent holder for the uh, UC. Uh, while he was back in 2005, he was the head of NATO's international development projects for Africa, Eastern Europe, and Western Asia. Uh, his expertise was logistics, and he oversaw a lot of projects. But the one that really came to the forefront for him was eyeglasses and how it was a logistical mess. So, so let me tell you the story that that really opened his eyes to how we can do something better. They spent a lot of money in Mali, just outside of Timbuktu, with a UN peacekeeping mission. And they brought an optometrist in with the US military, the Air Force. They brought in all the used glasses. They brought in his whole system. And then they set up the tent to run clinic for two weeks. What they found was one, everything was funneled down to only one person could find the prescription. So that was a big issue right off the bat because now you're funneled the whole system down to one person. Second, once they found the prescription, now they had to sort through large quantities of old used glasses with approximate prescriptions on them because nobody hands in their old used glasses with what the prescription is. They hand them in where somebody makes an estimation by eyeballing them and saying, this looks like it's between negative one and negative two on the left. And this looks like it's between negative one and negative two on the right. So they're not even giving even close approximations. And now they simply do trial and error. So they're like, okay, so patient comes in, gets tested by the one expert that can test them. And now that same optometrist is the one handing them glasses after glasses after glasses until they find a pair that helps them see as best as possible. So it's very time consuming. Exactly. So so a typical day of they bring a whole team in, they might make 25 pair of glasses that mostly fit right. Or worse yet, uh, in one of the villages that Kevin set this up with, the, the chief came in, they found his prescription, they found a pair of glasses, which wonderfully helped him see 2020. He was seeing 2060 before that. So that's not great vision. A few minutes later, they had him to 2020, but the frames were pink. 
he wasn't going to wear those glasses. So he left with glasses that he couldn't pass the driver's test with because they were the right color of frames. He said, there's got to be a better way. This is the direct result of that better way. Uh, you mentioned Mali, West Africa. I grew up there. My folks worked yeah. at the church, and then we uh, returned, and we ourselves worked with the church for over 20 years and uh, have actually been to Timbuktu and know the situation there very well. So you came up with this idea, Global Vision 2020, and you have a proprietary patent uh, pending on UC Vision Kits. Let's tell our listeners what that uh, U see vision kit is well first of all there's no longer a proprietary patent pending we have the patents and we won the united states patent office's best humanitarian invention of the year for it so that's a little bit out of date in a good way so how we came up and what this does well i'll show you the test tube. Uh, it directly comes out of that work in mali kevin white said why can't i use the focus dial on a pair of binoculars, the same way to find a prescription. So you know when you put on binoculars and you turn the focus dial so you can see clearly? Right. You've actually created your prescription, but you don't know what it is. This does the exact same thing as a focus dial, except for this is the lens that goes from a positive six right. to a negative six. And it goes in the range that we found by statistical averages are the most common prescriptions. So negative six to positive six. And it can simply be put on the patient's face and they turn the dial like the focus on binoculars. So that's the most important part of the kit, the UCI tester. Um, the next part is we have empty frames, 250 of those. And they're the same exact frames you will buy at Shoppers Optical. They're called the uh, the sports or athletic wear frames. They're lightweight. They're made of strong polycarbonates. They're flexible. They last about three years in the field without breaking, spring-loaded arms, and 550 lenses that come in the color-coded system, as you can see I showed you on this, that mm -hmm. tells you what the prescriptions are. The reason why we go color-coded is it can go across languages. Anybody can figure out what green two and red four mean. We also have the whole kit based on most common prescriptions, based on our African statistics. So out of that, there's 250 empty frames, 550 lenses, so 25 more extra glasses. So our stats are closer. By the time you start running out of empty frames, you're just then starting to run out of the common prescriptions. So uh, negative one is the most common prescription. There's 22 times more negative one than the least common prescription, negative six. Half of the kit has reading glasses, or we should actually call focal point glasses because it's not just about reading. It's about any near vision that has to do with aging of your focal point. A portion of those, uh, 50 to 75 of those glasses will be used for distance vision, as you age, you see a sizable percentage of people who need a weak positive prescription for distance. And the whole kit is based on um, what's the exact right statistics for a community of about 2,500 people in Africa in one kit that weighs 50 pounds. Why 50 pounds? A checked bag. So basically everything you need in a portable eye clinic in one checked suitcase.
Wow. And I imagine uh, ministries, NGOs, faith-based organizations, mission agencies uh, would be lining up to get this kit to take it to so many places they work around the world. What does partnership look like for Global Vision 2020? Well, um, we partner with any organization that has already existing projects, whether it's a hospital, uh, a health care center, um, an educational center, a college, a Bible college, uh, and we enable them to take this powerful tool into their location and train their teams through a combination of Zoom training and training manuals. And they then use it as they see fit. Now, we do get them to sign an end user agreement saying that they will do their due diligence to make sure they're following all the laws of the land. For example, in the United States, only an optometrist is legally allowed to find a prescription, even with the UC. So are you following the laws of the land? Um, in these areas like Congo and Uganda and um, Ethiopia, um, we just want to make sure that they're following what the local healthcare administration says they need to do and do their due diligence. Every, any group that follows into those categories, which are not hard to follow in, right. you could be a ministry partner with us. Going into a village where there's so much blindness or eye problems, this That's right. is revolutionary because once they are able to see, uh, they're able to learn to read and to write, it opens up a whole new world. And you think in terms of the gospel, uh, they begin to read the Bible, they begin to expand on so many Everything. different things. Everything. It, it, it literally opens their eyes to so many things, whether it's work or education, faith and life, all areas. Uh, last one that I forgot to mention, uh, part of the end user agreement is we say that you're not allowed to make glasses under the age of 12 because the eye is more complex when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So we just want to make sure people are doing things right because we want to help the community, not hurt the community. We don't want to put a project together where you can actually end up causing damage to a child if you're not doing something right. Right. Where, and so, so that's basically it. It's not a hard thing to sign and follow. Um, and we've actually only run into one problem around the world where somebody was presenting themselves as something that they were not. And then we had the capacity to come in and say, sorry, your terms of agreement have been broken. So do you want your partners to sell these glasses or they, they give them away? That's completely up to them. So, for example, our churches for the Mennonite Brethren, which I'm actively part of with Multiply, Mennonite Brethren Mission, recently renamed. In Thailand, they said, we're giving them away to our community as a gift to reach into the community. And that's fine. That's up to them. Um, but then they have to fundraise more for them as they want to resupply. My projects that I personally run in Africa, predominantly in Tunisia, uh, from Tunisia down to Congo and everything in between, we set it up that there is a cost. And the cost is a replacement cost of how much it costs to buy the glasses. It comes out to just under $4 per pair. And the cost that it costs for them to pay themselves, because that's something I'm very passionate about, is I want our church international workers to be able to make a sustainable living in a way that opens doors for ministry, but also enables them to have a tent-making job like Paul did with Aquila and Priscilla. So how can people learn more about uh, what you're doing and uh, watch some videos and get in contact with uh, your organization? 
Well, uh, the best way, first of all, is on our website, Global Vision 2020. If they're looking at how does it partner, you click the little button at the very top of the screen that says partner. It'll walk you through what that looks like. That's the most simple way for any other agency to just say, hey, how can we partner up? Um, what that'll end up doing is I'll end up getting the email response. I'll be the one talking to you about, hey, what's the best way forward? Do you want to try one kit and get the training and see how that goes and see where it can go from there? That would be the number one on our website. Second, uh, you know what? It's actually pretty funny. I've been pretty popular on TikTok. I do not dance, so don't worry. I'm a Mennonite. Remember that. Yes. Um, um, I simply show, hey, this is what's going on around the world. Here's interactions with people who are making the glasses on the ground. So here's the beauty of the system. Over 95% of the glasses that have been handed out around the world, we are over 300,000, have been handed out by local indigenous workers. This is not a white guy from Canada that came in and handed out glasses. No, it's a team that came in trained and the project carries on much greater after we've left. So that's a way you can keep in contact. Do you find in international development that it's primarily the, the church or Christian ministry that provides resources like your glasses or health care uh, to local people? Yes, absolutely. So one of the reasons why I'm the faith-based coordinator and the majority of the glasses that have gone out with Global Vision 2020 is with our predominant focus being on Africa, because that's where the greatest need is at and the licensing processes to be able to distribute our easiest access because we have this long ongoing relationship with governments. Um, it almost all of the churches, almost all of the hospitals and medical clinics have a faith-based component, whether it's Baptist or Mennonite brethren or Catholic or Anglican or fill in the blank. There's a faith connection, mm -hmm. even in the secular hospitals, Every doctor I've met in Congo to Malawi has a connection with their church. Many of them are lay pastors and leaders. And this system enables nurses and teachers to do the majority of the distribution. So the majority of pastors in the developing world already have a job that is their job that makes a living so they can put bread on their table. And a large portion of those are teachers and nurses, and other healthcare providers. Well, Greg, this has been fascinating to talk about Global Vision 2020 and what you provide uh, for improving the eyesight of so many people around the world. So I thank you for coming on the Unconventional Ministry podcast and sharing about uh, your vision to end this epidemic. Thank you so very much. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm -hmm.